Hello and welcome to Kiwi Rider Podcast. My name's Ray Heron. Great to have you along. Happy New Year. Welcome to the first podcast episode of 2024. And it's great to have you along. It really is. If you uh, are new to the podcast, please do have a listen to the episodes from last year and then the last few years. We're into our sixth year now of the podcast. Can you believe it? That is crazy. I never thought we'd be going this long, but we are. Uh, what have we got coming up for you this show? Uh, we've got a sharp new price for the brand new Royal Enfield Himalayan. I've got a rant about Yamaha. Uh, we're going to catch up on Dakar and the Africa Eco Race. But first, Cemetery Circuit. Did you go? I was going to go and I didn't quite get there, but I have heard that numbers are slowly dwindling every year especially since the year that it couldn't be run due to COVID. But we've got a wrap-up of the Suzuki International Series, and it was an absolute thriller. Words by Andy McGeekin, and you can find all the colour pictures in the first edition of Kiwi Rider magazine for January 2024. The Suzuki International Series was again this season run in conjunction with the New Zealand Superbike Championship NZSBK Series. With the first two rounds recognised as rounds one and two of both parallel but separate competitions. And it was all finally resolved when the three round competition concluded, as it always does, with the frenetic street race around Wanganui's world famous cemetery circuit on Boxing Day. Let's start with the superbikes. Mitch Rees, the national superbike number one, collected his first major silverware of the 2023-24 motorcycle racing season on Boxing Day. The racing on Wanganui's Cemetery Circuit, registering as the third and final round of the 2023 Suzuki International Series. The competition first started in 2008 and now just finishing its 15th season. For the benefit of those who may be fact-checking those statistics, the series finale was rained out in 2012 and the series was cancelled completely in 2021 due to COVID-19. Anyway, the two-rider Motul Team Rees Honda outfit comprising of reigning New Zealand superbike champion Rees and his multi-time former national champion father Tony Rees had been almost unstoppable in the early part of the 2023 contest. The duo finished the opening round of the 2023's combined Suzuki International Series and New Zealand Superbike Championships first and second overall at a rain-affected opening round in Taupo at the start of December. December, and then backed up with another solid showing at an equally damp round two in Manfield Manawatu later that week. All that remained for them was to maintain the momentum. All that remained was for them to both maintain that momentum and for at least one of them to earn their first major series win of the 2023-24 season when they raced at the third and final round of the Suzuki International Series, Wanganui's famous cemetery circuit on Boxing Day. And that is just what happened. Mitch Rees had started a hectic day at Wanganui, second in the series standings, just one point behind his vastly experienced father, but when he qualified fastest around the tight and twisting concrete curb-lined street circuit on Boxing Day Tuesday, he quickly signalled that he meant business. The just-turned 31-year-old then raced away with back-to-back victories in the Premier Formula 1 Superbike class, and that was trophy number one in the bag as outright winner of the Suzuki International Series, and also trophy number two 
because this race was also New Zealand TT title honours. Of course, he then lined up as favourite to win the best of the best all-classes Robert Holden Memorial feature race and wasted no time in stamping his authority there. Enjoying a start-to-finish win and crossing the line 1.6 seconds ahead of his 56-year-old dad, Tony. So that was trophy number three for Mitch Rees and a perfect way for him to start his 2023-24 racing season and for Motul Honda Team Rees to set themselves up for a glorious new year ahead. My brother Damo won the Robert Holden race here in 2020 and I wanted to run his number 92 on my bike today instead of my number one, he said referencing his late sibling Damon Rees struck down in the UK by a medical tragedy totally unrelated to the sport he loved. I wanted Damo to be there with me on this ride and I felt emotional about that. I've applied for 92 to be my official race number now too in Damo's memory. The number lives on. That's actually the year I was born too so it kind of lines up nicely. In the meantime, I want to hang on to the number one plate for as long as I can, though, he laughed. Supersport 600, the most one-sided fight was for Formula 2 Supersport 600 class honours with Invercargill's Cormac Buchanan wrapping it all up after just two of the three rounds. He didn't even attend the Boxing Day finale at Whanganui, but then he didn't need to either after he'd aced a perfect sweep, winning all three races at Topol's round one and then doing the same thing at Manawatu's round two. He'd also gained the bonus points for qualifying fastest at both rounds. With Buchanan out of the picture at Whanganui, it was left to Wainui Amata's returning Kiwi international Shane Richardson and a former Suzuki International Series winner in the F2 600 class Upper Hutt's Rogan Chandler to battle for 600cc class glory. Richardson qualified fastest and then won both F2 600 races at Whanganui and also impressed with a fighting third overall in the all-capacities Robert Holden Memorial race near the end of the day at Whanganui with Chandler forced to accept third overall for the series. And in the Supermoto classes, perhaps the closest battles in the series were in the Supermoto class for the highly modified dirt bikes, where Wanganui's Richie Dibbon found himself in the fight of his life with visiting British star Davy Todd. These two international riders were never more than a bike length apart throughout the Supermoto class racing, and if it weren't for Todd slipping off his bike at round two in Manfield, costing him vital points, then this class would surely have gone to the last corner on the final lap of the final race. As it was, the pair traded wins at Whanganui separated only by the additional point Dibbon earned for qualifying fastest, so it really could have been an outcome decided by a solitary point. Wanganui's Roger Bland rounded out the podium in the Supermoto class, making it a Suzuki 1-2-3, with him also riding a Dibbon-built and DS Moto-prepared Suzuki RMZ 450. Dibbon won the inaugural National Supermoto crown last season and was naturally delighted to hold on to that title this year, although Todd has already indicated he'd love to return next season. And that pretty much wraps up the Suzuki International Series, NZSPK and of course Wanganui's Cemetery Circuit coverage from Boxing Day at the end of last year. But if you went, I'd love to hear from you about what your thoughts of the event were, whether you were racing or whether you were there in attendance. Uh, fire us an email. You can email me t7adventuresnz at gmail.com or you can get touch, get in touch with us on Facebook or Instagram under the handle Kiwi Rider Podcast. 
Ever heard of the Africa Eco Race? Nor had many of us at Kiwi Rider, but it's definitely on our calendars now. Full story, colour photos and a whole lot more at Kiwi Rider magazine, kiwirider.co.nz. Check out January 2024, Volume 2. We love the Dakar Rally, we really do. The fastest riders on the fastest bikes taking on some of the toughest desert stages in the world. It's a stunning spectacle that we hungrily tune in for every January. Yet despite the name, it has nothing to do with its Paris-Dakar roots of old. But the oddly named Africa Eco Race very much does. The inaugural race was in 2009 and conceived as a rally true to the Paris-Dakar legacy after the Dakar rally moved to South America. The Africa Eco Race uses the original tracks from the 2008 Paris-Dakar rally, which was cancelled and subsequently left African shores. Starting in Morocco in the sovereign city-state of Monte Carlo on the French Riviera, the race runs through Morocco before taking on the sand dunes and tracks of the Sahara Desert and finishing on the shores of Loch Rosé on the outskirts of Dakar City in Senegal. You might be wondering why it's called the Eco Race when fossil fuel burning vehicles are very much the ones in control. Originally called the Africa Race, organisers wanted to make the race more environmentally friendly. So all bivouac and paddock areas are kept very clean and no rubbish is to be left behind on the course. As well as that, entrants donate all of the used and unused tyres and oil and unused fuel to locals. Where the motorcycles in the Dakar are limited to 450cc single cylinder races, the Africa Eco Race allows unlimited capacity and multiple cylinders. This has made a natural proving ground for the latest adventure bikes, specifically the Yamaha Tenere 700 and the Aprilia Tuareg. Just like the good old days of the Paris to Dakar, with road-going adventure bikes being raced, as well as the mid-weight machines, this year's event saw Harley-Davidson entering a Pan-America. This year's event ran from December 30th through to January 14th, with 12 stages covering some 4,000 kilometres of tough racing. Both Yamaha and Aprilia fielded teams for 2024, which battled on a daily basis to take both class and outright honours. The Tenere 700 Yamaha rally team included riders Alessandro Burotto, two-time winner, Paul Tares, last year's 650cc class winner, and Nicholas Chalia, while the new Aprilia Racing G-Course team sported Jacopo Suratini and Francesco Montanari. I apologise, I've probably butchered those pronunciations. Two machines were at the front of the motorcycle class from the very start, Aprilia's Tuareg and Yamaha's Tenere 700. It was Siruti, Boturi and Tares who dominated, taking all the stage wins between them. Overall winner, Siruti and runner-up, Boturi, with four stage wins apiece and Tares with three stage wins. The man on the Aprilia led from the start and never gave up the overall lead despite some incredible riding from the two on the Tenere 700s. Two-time winner Boturi came close to unseating Siruti at the top of the timesheets and despite provisionally winning stage 9, a 6-minute time penalty saw Siruti extend his lead. At the finish, Boturi was only 6 minutes and 38 seconds behind, the time penalty proving to be the deciding factor. Paul Tares took the third step on the podium 25 minutes back. 
A huge shout-out must go to Pedrero, who bullied his Harley-Davidson Pan America through the sands to 25th place with the adventure bikes. We can actually buy being raced once again. We'll be tuning into the Africa Eco race again. That you can count on. For more on the Africa Eco race, including full-colour pictures, check out Kiwi Rider magazine. Go to kiwirider.co.nz and check out January 2024, Volume 2. Time now for a bit of a rant. So over Christmas I got thinking, I was sitting down in the garage looking at my, at my Tenere 700 and thinking, oh, I think I might like to add another bike to the stable. I think I'm going to add a sport bike, something that I can go riding with my sport bike mates and um, actually enjoy it. It's, you know, riding around on the T7's great and it's a, it's a fantastic bike and I'm not getting rid of it, but it's a bit like taking a Hilux to the track. You know, all your mates are racing around and you can't exactly do what they're doing because it's a Hilux. I mean, you could poodle around the track, but you're never going to be fast or have all that much fun so a sport bike's what i want i think and uh, kind of going back to my my naked sport roots of course i started on a couple of uh, mto 7s the first mto 7 looks all right looks all right seven second mto 7 is an improvement the third one is absolutely horrible in my opinion i do not like that mono led projector headlight set set up it looks horrible in fact yamaha in general i even the Tenere 700 to an extent, I don't think they design a very nice looking bike currently. Maybe the second generation Tracer 900 or MT-09, they're okay. But currently I just don't, I don't, I don't feel anything for Yamahas, which is interesting because my blood has always been very blue, but my blood is currently bleaching. It's going the way of the um, Great Barrier Reef. It's going white. It's going neutral and partial. So I got talking to a couple of mates of mine and I said, I think I want to get a speed triple, a Triumph speed triple. They've really been growing on me lately. And he said, no, 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 you don't want one of those. You want a street triple. The speed triple is 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 great, but the speed triple is absolutely exquisite. It's a way better bike to ride. And I was like, really? Really? You're going to tell me to get a 765cc bike over a uh, 1160cc triple bike? But the only way to find out was to actually go and ride one. So I went and rode both. And you know what? The... Street Triple, absolutely amazing. It's a very, very nice bike to ride. It is smooth everywhere. The quick shifter is velvet up and down, regardless of the speed. And the Speed Triple is a ridiculously fast bike with so much power. But around town, you, you barely get it out of first gear. It's like driving a Ferrari in a 30k zone. You just don't get to play with it much. So I think they're exactly right. And I'm going to keep looking because there's a couple of other bikes up my sleeve that might end up in my garage. But I think definitely the uh, the Street Triple is a much, much better bike for me than the Speed Triple. So I think one thing to learn here is that if you're looking for a bike, you need to go and ride a few. You can talk to people up, up the yin-yang on the internet and get opinions as much as you like, but nothing replaces actually going for a ride. So if you're, if you're thinking about getting a bike, even if you're a learner, go and sit on a few bikes and ride them around the car park that is my advice to you right we've got one more story for you this episode and we finally have an answer how much is the royal enfield new himalayan going to cost of course we did a, a bit of a chat with matthew day gillett towards the end of last year he was lucky enough to go to the himalayas to ride the new himalayan 
And we have a sharp new price for the Himalayan 450. Royal Enfield Australia and New Zealand has confirmed pricing and availability for the impressive Himalayan 450. Royal Enfield's all-new Himalayan is due to arrive in Kiwi dealers in January, with pricing for the entry-level adventure bike now confirmed, and it's starting at... 8990 plus on-road costs. Pre-orders for the first shipment of new Himalayan units are now live at royalenfieldmotorcycles.co.nz or at your nearest Royal Enfield dealership. You can secure your seat with a refundable deposit of $500 and be one of the first in the country to take delivery of this highly anticipated adventure motorcycle. The Himalayan 450 will initially be available in New Zealand in four colorways. Kazar Brown, Slate Salt, uh, Slate Poppy Blue, and Hanale Black, with the first shipments of Himalayan 450s due to be delivered to pre-order customers from early March 2024. So the the price does depend on what colour you go for. If you go for the Kazar Brown, that's uh, fraction, it's that's the 8990, fraction under 9 grand plus on road costs. The Slate Salt and Slate Poppy Blue are both 9250 and the Hanale Black is 9490 plus road costs. But it's a great looking bike and oh, I've got to say that is one that's on my list. It is a potential for that spot in my garage but do I need two adventure bikes? That is the question. Right, that's about our lot. Thank you so much for listening. This is Kiwi Rider Podcast back for another season, another year. I hope you've been keeping the rubber side down and um, staying safe out on the roads because us as motorcyclists are far overrepresented in the crash stats. Also, no shiny side up this year, which is interesting, and we haven't actually mentioned that on, on the podcast. Shiny side up 2024 is not a thing. It's not happening but keep your eyes on shinysideup.co.nz uh, because there will be different events happening throughout the year and uh, we'll bring them to you on the podcast as well. Don't forget you can check out the Kiwi Rider magazine, kiwirider.co.nz is where you can check out that magazine twice a month, absolutely free for you to enjoy. It's um, packed full of New Zealand Kiwi motorcycling goodness. All of my stuff goes up at motonz.com and we've got a new video every single week at MotoNZ uh, YouTube channel. Go to YouTube and search out MotoNZ and if you wouldn't mind hitting that subscribe button on there, that would be absolutely outstanding. Otherwise, I've been Ray. This is Kiwi Rider Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Keep the rubber side down, throttle on, and we'll catch you in seven days' time. <laughs>